0: Welcome to the Proclaimed Columbus podcast. We are on a mission to equip people throughout the diocese to be missionary disciples. And welcome to the Proclaim Columbus podcast. I'm Liz, and I'm here today with my lovely co-host, Brooke. Hello, Brooke. Hello. And we have a special guest with us in studio today. We have Josh Danis from Alpha. Welcome, Josh.
1: Hi, great to be with you guys.
0: We're so glad you could be here. So, Josh, um, would you like to open us in a prayer?
1: Absolutely. Right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen.
1: Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and have a conversation about your grace and your glory and the things that you're doing in our lives. We ask you to bless this time and bless all the listeners, Uh, give them uh, an outpouring of the presence of your spirit, inspiration, and new insight on the ways that you are calling them to abundant life uh, and to the mission of your kingdom. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Josh. Um, So... Proclaim Columbus, Um, so we are launching um, our new website, Proclaim, and Alpha is one of the charismatic encounter programs that we're featuring.
1: Fantastic.
0: Yes, so we're excited to have you here just to kind of give us um, a little more information about Alpha and uh, maybe fill into some gaps for our listeners, but let's first start with what's your role at Alpha? What do you do there?
1: Yeah, so I'm the National Director for Alpha in a Catholic Context. Uh, That basically means that I help Catholic churches and Catholic leaders uh, explore whether or not Alpha would be a beneficial element of their work of building the kingdom and accomplishing the unique mission God has for them.
0: Awesome. And how long have you been in this role?
1: I've been in this role since 2017. I've been working with Alpha since 2016, and I actually experienced my first Alpha myself at my own parish way back in 2006. So I've gotten to kind of breathe this alpha DNA for quite some time now.
0: Wonderful. So um with that in mind, like let's let's kind of dive into a little bit about like alpha. How are we using it now? Especially like so if you experienced it in two thousand six and what are we doing with it now? What's been some of the yeah, transition yeah. over time?
1: Yeah, I'd say that If you are passionate about creating environments of listening, if you're passionate about ministering to people within the context of hospitality, empowering each person for their unique giftings, depending upon the Holy Spirit and deep intercessory prayer, in order to do the work of evangelization, then there's a good chance that Alpha might be a good fit for you. And way back in 2006, uh, the process, the general method of Alpha was the same. Now, the the videos have changed and the training process has changed a little bit. But overall, it's the same simple process. In fact, I like to say that Alpha is not so much a program as it is a platform for encountering Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so we create this space, we welcome people, we journey with them, and we give them the time with their full, full respect to their dignity to, to take small steps in the journey of encountering and hopefully committing to a lifestyle of relationship and discipleship with Jesus. But respecting their, their freedom and their dignity every step of the way and their own pacing uh, in this platform of Alpha.
0: So let's dive into that a little bit. What's that process that you mentioned? Like, what does an alpha look like?
1: Sure, yeah. So every alpha typically starts with a time of hospitality, often over a meal, followed by a very basic presentation on a really simple concept of the gospel. So for example, week one is just, is there more to life than what meets the eye? And then the third part is kind of unique, a really unique style of small group conversation. All this is grounded in intercessory prayer and a very intentional, uh, robust effort of prayer on the part of the local church, local community, gradually welcoming people uh, to week after week after week of this, if they so choose to continue coming, uh, ultimately leading to a, a retreat experience where one has the opportunity to pray and encounter the Holy Spirit.
0: Nice. And um, yeah, I mean, I've been running Alpha in my own parish for a number of years, actually since 2017. That was our first Alpha. Great year. And yes, it was a good <laughs> year. Um, I always like to hear other people's stories because what year did the Lord do something in your life? And it's mm. fun to like make those connections like, oh, in my life, the Lord was doing this on this year. And, you know, so it's just neat to see maybe some some commonalities or where, where the Spirit might be moving. Absolutely. Um, yeah. We, love uh, that.
1: You know, it's one of the things I love about being Catholic. I I have a great love for my Protestant brothers and sisters and oftentimes work very closely with them in the larger work of Alpha. But one of the things that I'm most excited about being Catholic is we have this very intentional uh, effort to go on being converted. And so I like to say that as Catholics, we believe we ought to have a significant conversion in our lives every three to five years. Mm. And for me, one of those significant conversions was jump-started by my own experience of Alpha. Mm -hmm. So actually, I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville, not far from here. And uh, back in 2002 to 2006, I was there. And then at the end of 2006, I was praying this chaplet of uh, St. Michael for my occupational discernment. And out of the blue, I got a call from St. Michael Church in Exeter, New Hampshire. And they invited me to come in and be their director of evangelization. Wow. And first month, they put me in charge of experiencing and running this alpha thing. <laughs> and, you know, I'd already uh, had degrees in theology and philosophy. I already wanted to serve the church with my life. And yet, this proved to be one of those seasons of deeper conversion for me. It gave me this new focus on deep, intimate connection and relationship with the person Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that relationship is the primary way by which we share the gospel with others.
0: So, okay. So you're new, new grad, new director of evangelization running your first alpha. What was, cause I think this will resonate with our listeners who might be getting ready to run their first mm. alpha. What was like, what Was the scariest thing or the hardest thing about that first alpha?
1: Well, I will say I had one big advantage in that I was mentored. Uh, there was there was guys that had lots of years of experience that came alongside me, and if you're exploring running Alpha, I cannot encourage you enough to find some mentorship, uh, find other people who have experience with the tool of Alpha to, to walk you through the journey, to model it with you, to help you every step of the way, because it's. It's more uh, it's more caught than taught. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to just read the manuals and kind of uh, paint by numbers. It's it's a it's a journey. It's a culture. It's a, a process. It's it's very robust. And so th- that that element of support and mentorship is so crucial to succeeding. Uh, that being said, the part that was scariest for me is probably the retreat, mm-hmm. getting ready for that retreat experience. And so especially in your first few alphas, if you can come alongside another church and maybe have a joint retreat, it's a really effective way to overcome what is the most challenging piece of that. A lot of churches will be tempted to just kind of bypass the retreat the first few times they do it. Mm-hmm. And it's so unfortunate because I would say that it, it's not just the most important part of alpha. It's the, it is the linchpin that holds Alpha together. The reason Alpha works is because you have these seven weeks of buildup, then you have these retreat experiences, and then you have these kind of four weeks of follow-up and what comes next and how do we continue the journey. And so missing the retreat takes Alpha away from being an encounter with God and instead makes it about uh An orientation to the Christian worldview, which as nice as that is, is not as the same as meeting the person of Jesus and encountering his Holy Spirit.
0: So with that in mind, what's the difference with the retreat? Because you still, you know, you still come together, there's the hospitality, you still watch the videos, but what's different about the retreat experience? Yeah,
1: so you know, week one we said is just is there more to life than what meets the eye? Then there's this very gradual process of having conversations and sharing what you really think and express what you really feel about who is Jesus and what does it mean to have faith and what does it mean to pray? And so all these are an opportunity for those who in freedom want to continue taking more steps to gradually be prepared to the question, do I want to encounter Jesus and the Holy Spirit? And when they say yes, then we we invite them to to receive prayer that the Holy Spirit might bless them, uh, might make his presence known to them. And that's always a powerful experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's something very palpable right away. Sometimes it's just something that changes you gradually over time. But you cannot ask the Holy Spirit to show up and not be changed by that. You cannot ask the Holy Spirit to show up and not be changed.
0: Yeah. So that's the that's the beauty of that day, right? You're just allowing people to make that invitation. That's right. That's yeah. yeah. That's where it all comes together. I think for me, for sure, my first Alpha praying with people, particularly mm. on that Holy Spirit encounter, was the scariest because. Um, I was one of those Catholics where I didn't really pray out loud with others. And so I was so excited to run my first alpha, and I'm going through all the stuff, and I'm like, yes, we're going to do this. It's going to be so great. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, wow. We have to have like a prayer ministry with our alpha. You know, how do we do that? And the mentorship was huge. There was a local parish, um, St. John Newman, actually offered kind of a training day, and they modeled how they did that type of prayer. And that was so critical to be able to have that experience going into ours. We were still nervous, but I took someone else with me and, you know, and I said, we're going to go learn how to pray with people today. And she's like, I'm scared. I'm like, me too. Let's go figure (laughs) it out, you know, because we're doing this. You're
1: you're so right, though, that having that model experience, it it doesn't teach you this crazy, absurd, difficult method. No. What it does is it shows you just how normative, Mm -hmm. just how easy and simple and unintimidating praying for someone can be. Praying right there in the moment, in the person. Because it's not weird. It's not wacky. It's not uncomfortable. It's designed to really be a very simple, respectful environment that, uh, admires the the dignity of each person and gives them the freedom to say yes to God or to not say yes to God as they're ready.
0: Yeah. And I don't know how you did yours, but when we do ours, we don't force people to pray or be prayed for. It's always just an invitation, you Mm. know, come forward and we will pray for you. And what we find is that almost everybody comes forward, Mm. you know, and, and then later in our alpha experience, there's the, um, the session on healing prayer. Mm. So it's like it's kind of introduced in that retreat experience with just inviting the Holy Spirit in. And then a couple weeks later, they get a deeper experience of prayer where they can ask for healing or have, you know, um, healing prayer. And so some people maybe observe the first prayer and they see what other people are doing and, and they have time to think about it. And then when it comes time for the next prayer, they're ready to move into sure, that. So.
1: Sure. I also find that the the power of personal invitation is really helpful here. In the same way that we encourage the vast majority of people come to Alpha because of a personal invitation, the vast majority of people say, yeah, I would like to pray to encounter the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. because somebody that they trust and enjoy being with is the person who invited them to, to do that, yes. to have that moment.
0: Yeah, and I think a key to all of it is just not being weird. Right. You know, don't make it weird. Like we're really good at. We feel awkward, so then we do awkward things, or we make it a big production. And no, just, just be simple and normal. Mm-hmm. Just pray. Yeah. And, um. But yeah, having having some model. Well, and yeah, the method of great. prayer
1: is is really grounded. Yeah, in not being weird, and inviting the Holy Spirit to do His thing. Mm-hmm. So we are really just quiet. We say, "Come, Holy Spirit," mm-hmm. and then we wait in the quiet, and we let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do, and He always blesses people.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. and I think that's key. Is you know making the invitation, making everything available and then stepping out of the way, Mm -hmm. letting the Holy Spirit actually work. You know, so as as someone who runs a lot of programs, it's like, oh, we have to get all the program things in order and do all the things which you do have to do those things. Those are important. But then also you have to take a step back. I'll never forget my very first Alpha. I was able to go on retreat the weekend before our first Alpha retreat. And of course, I was like nervous about our upcoming retreat. But my own personal retreat experience was great because I just spent the weekend praying and I was like, oh, I forgot to invite the Lord to attend our Alpha retreat next mm. week. I'm going to pray for that this weekend. Yeah. I don't have to be stressed about this. I just need to invite that yeah, presence you're so of the right. Lord in, you know? Um, and so just kind of a little bit humbling ourselves. Like, it doesn't depend on me. It's not all about, you know, mm-hmm. for the person running it. Like, yes, you have things you have to do, but then step out of the way. Yeah, one like of our expressions,
1: and, and for those of your guests who've <laughs> uh, been doing Alpha before or been training Alpha before, they can probably see the way that this is the case, we like to say that Alpha is designed to fail unless God shows up.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's very important that we we start with that prayer, and it's so simple. We, we, we're tempted to complicate it, but just, God, please show up. God, please come and and bless your people in this moment. Do what you want to do. We're going to try to stay out of your way, God. We're going to try not to put too much of ourselves in this. We've we've built the platform for it, God. Would you please just show up and bless your people?
0: Yeah. And he always does, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm the minority in this podcast. I've never attended an Alpha
1: or run an Alpha or done anything. I know a little bit about Alpha. So I guess for some of the listeners out there, um, they might have questions about, you know, you have, Alpha, and then you have Alpha in the Catholic context. Yeah. Um, maybe if they're hesitant about it, or can you explain kind of how
0: Alpha has tied it in yeah. with a Catholic yeah, context?
1: Absolutely. So my title is uh, National Director for Alpha in a Catholic context. Uh, the content of Alpha is different from the context. The content of Alpha is the same. It's the basic charismatic message of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection and what it means to be his follower, what it might mean to to fall, to... choose to follow him as his disciple. And so it's that's the same content in whatever setting you choose to run it in. But as director of context, my job is to help churches explore and ask questions about what is it you're striving to accomplish? Who are you as the Catholic Church in the local area? And so we talk about the new evangelization, and we talk about the RCIA process. We talk about relational ministry and the art of accompaniment and all these crucial elements of the Catholic narrative and story of what it means to be doing the work of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, we help churches discern, can they utilize this tool, this content stream, uh, and this method, this platform, if you will, uh, to accomplish the objectives that they want. So I was born Catholic, grew up Catholic, always Catholic, raised Catholic, degrees in theology and philosophy from Franciscan University of Steubenville. And so I've, I've been blessed to be very much immersed and saturated in the culture and the narrative of the mission of the church as we understand it as Catholics. And so that that has enabled me to, to mm-hmm. be in these conversations about how we can utilize this charismatic tool that other Christians, Protestants, and Catholics, and uh, Eastern Rite, Orthodox, and so on and so forth utilize mm-hmm. to help people discover Jesus. Absolutely. I think sometimes as Catholics we forget that people need to encounter Jesus and have that relationship with Jesus. Before we can get into some to some of the deeper theology of mm. our our faith yes and like you know build up on that because if you don't know jesus you can't understand some of the other stuff so yeah i was having my picture taken with some friends recently and there was a girl uh, who said hold on i need to move over to the other side of this shot because um that lets me show my my right cheek instead of my left cheek on my face uh, because my right cheek is my more attractive side <laughs> and we all had a good laugh about that that she she had the side that she wanted her picture taken from. But I mention that because I think Jesus is our most attractive side. Mm-hmm. He's the side we should always be leading with. Um, as wonderful as the whole of our system is, elements of it are not always the most attractive to start with for people. Uh, but starting with Jesus is always going to be our most attractive side.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so, Josh, what do you think, Like, like— why should a parish want to run an alpha? Mm. Like, what's kind of the why behind it? Yeah, um, that's a great like if question. You're talking to a pastor, like, and he says, "Well, why? Why would I want to do this?" You know.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So, and for me, uh, it's a really important question because if a church's why doesn't match with alpha, I really don't want them to be running alpha. It's it's not going to make alpha stronger. It's not going to make them stronger. Uh, so, getting to the why is really important. I, I started by saying. If your church is striving to build a more evangelistic culture, if you are passionate about creating environments of listening, about creating environments of hospitality and meeting people in a setting of hospitality, if you want to see more of your uh, parishioners and more of your, your extended community empowered for their unique giftings and their unique apostolic call, if you want to lean into the work of the Holy Spirit in order to do evangelization, then... Alpha will probably be a good fit for you. If those are not your values, if those are not your passion points, listening, hospitality, empowerment, dependence, and evangelization, if those are not your passion points, then Alpha probably won't be a good fit for you. And, and by all means, keep, keep uh, looking for, for something else. But if those are some things that you want to more fully incarnate in the life of your parish, then Alpha can help you do that. Alpha is positioned to help you do that.
0: Perfect. All right. And if somebody wants to figure out how to run an Alpha, so we're going to have resources um, on our Proclaim Columbus website that actually links them to your resources. So, Fantastic. Um, yes. So, is it Alpha USA?
1: AlphaUSA.org, okay. and you can register a free account. Everything with Alpha is free. All of our training modules are free. The tool itself and the resources are free. Uh, all the elements of it are, are free for every church. Freely, we've received the gospel. Freely, we want to give the gospel. Uh, so you can get online training there. You can get in-person training. We can connect you with local folks, oftentimes, and people like Liz here who uh, are running it in the local church, but AlphaUSA.org.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us today, Josh, and we just ask the Lord's blessings over all of your work and for Alpha.
1: Thank you. God bless you guys.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Proclaim Columbus podcast. And until next time, go and proclaim God's glory. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Proclaim Columbus podcast. And until next time, go and proclaim God's glory.